Hello and welcome to Encountering God Ministries with Salvatore and Sarah. I'm your host. And what we're doing is just to let you know and let you be aware, uh, we have a website. It's called EncounteringGodMinistries.org. We have blogs. We have other stuff that uh, that we do on there. We have some some really, really good uh, materials. You know, like I said, we're doing this blog. And the blog has everything to do with, um, <clears throat> literally, it just has everything to do with with our lives and to encourage us through the different times and seasons. The Bible says uh, that we, you know, about the tribe of Issachar, how they were uh, the tribe of Israel that understood the signs of the times. And that's what we're kind of geared to, to, to encourage you, to build you up from Isaiah chapter 35, um, also from Isaiah chapter 61 and other scriptures that talk really about us drawing closer to the Lord. And that's really what our goal is. So I want to thank you for joining me today and enjoy the podcast. Today we're going to talk about, we're going to continue on with uh, Song of Songs chapter 2. Um, I didn't do a live on Saturday only for um, rest reasons. And um, I make no apologies for that. It's really awesome to be able to rest in the presence of the Lord. So here we are. I'm going to restart reading verse 10 uh, just to kind of uh, let you know that there is a love relationship that's happening right now between between Jesus or Solomon and the Shulamite. There is a um, a love relationship that's starting to happen, and what's what's coming on in this is that God is is doing something big in her heart, and He's drawing her. He's drawing her to come closer. So uh, here we're going to read, starting with verse ten. And we'll see how far we get. He says, Arise, my dearest. Hurry, my darling. Come away with me. I have come, as you have asked, to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter is ended, and the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it with blossoming flowers. The season for springing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you dis- can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? Wow, that's just a good verse right there. And the early signs of my promises and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers. There is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. Jesus, you're good. It was I who looked, who took you and hid you high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. They raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. This is the king's response. I just love this. I don't know how far we're going to get in this, okay? But I do know that um, that this is going to take a while. 
it takes me a while to go through it, um, you know, in, in, in and of myself. But he says, the last thing she says, verse 10, this is the last of her discourse before he takes over. And, um, and she says, the one I love calls to me. It's like she hears his voice. Oh, I have to stop what I'm doing. The one I love calls to me. And I've had many situations in my life when I've had to stop what I was doing yeah, just to stop what I was doing because the one I love calls to me. And a lot of people um, don't understand it. There are many that do. Like I'll be texting somebody and I'll say, hey, um, Jesus is calling me to calling me away to pray. And then so I'll go and I'll pray and, and, and seek his face. And um, and then so they, they understand that if I when I do that, you know, I'm sorry, I don't have time for anybody else because the one I love is calling me away. Hey, the one I love calls to me. And this is what he says. This is what he says to her. She asked if he would come to her. Now, he. this is what he says. Um, and I, I think if you remember in verse 6, um, he, he says, don't disturb my love while she's until she's ready to arise. Well, this is what he says just a few verses later. She says, the one I love calls to me. And that word love is this endearing, intimate love, this, this endearing, um, unselfish love of a, of a husband and a wife, okay? And um, so he, she, he says to her, Arise, my dearest. Hurry, my darling. Come away with me. He's calling her to come away. Would you come away with me? In other words, get out of where you are and come with me. Let us just be you and me. Let it just be you and me, okay? He says, I have come, as you have asked, to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time. My beautiful one, um, I am going to go in, in this direction for just a moment. Uh, there is sometimes we, 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 we come into a place where um, we're like a um, where we, we are at a place where God gives us a vision. We he is waiting for us to be ready so that he can intersect the time. OK, uh, what do I mean by that? Um, I remember um, I've been praying for a long time, Lord, you know, um, send revival, send revival. And we, we need revival in, in, in the United States. We need revival in the world. Um, <clears throat> this is a big deal. See, God uh, wants us to pray for revival. Don't get me wrong. But when I was uh, laying down on the floor in the healing rooms back in October um, praying, the Lord told me, um, stop praying for revival. And I was like, well, what <clears throat> aren't we supposed to? And he says, no, 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 prepare for revival. Prepare for revival. Don't pray for it. Prepare for it. And I was like, wow, that's that's kind of crazy. And, um, and, 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 he, and he said, yeah, just prepare for it. If you want to pray about something, pray for our laborers into the harvest. But prepare for revival. And I didn't really know all that that entailed. I mean, I'm, I'm getting some information now <clears throat> um, uh, through that time of what it means to prepare for revival. Uh, in other words, we got to get ourselves ready. We've had a couple months now, and, and there's going to be a little bit more when we can get alone with God. We can, we can spend time with him to prepare our hearts for the incoming because there's billions of souls that are going to be saved in a moment, <clears throat> and literally in a, in a moment. I, I think of what happened with Kanye West when he became a Christian. All of a sudden, at his concerts, thousands were being saved at a rapid rate, um, you know, and so we have to be prepared for the influx. 
I remember back in the early 70s during the Jesus movement that um, that these hippies were getting saved, which was really cool. Come on, hippies, get saved. And and they and they were getting saved. They were getting filled with the Holy Spirit, and um, and nobody knew what to do with them. So a pastor in 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 in, um, in California, his name was Chuck Smith, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, and he he ended up just inviting them in. They came smelly. They came with bare feet. They came in their jeans, ripped jeans. Uh, they had the ba- the bell bottoms. They had the long hair, and it was totally unlike any other uh, situation. But he took them in, another pastor, um, you know, up in Northern California, Bill Johnson, he, you know, his father took him in. Because here's the thing, is that there was a revival and none of the churches were ready for it. They had their little bless me club and that was it. They didn't want anybody to interrupt their club. And, and we can't do that. So he says to her, he says, arise, hurry, my darling, come away with me. God is calling us to come away with him. Come away. And that means get away from your distractions. Get away from your troubles. Get away from your burdens. Remember that verse. He says, he says, come with your burdens. Okay? Come with your burdens. Come with your cares. And and and, and, and he says, he says here, come away. Just leave what's there and come away with it. Now I'm not I'm not um condoning uh or even suggesting that we uh, that we um uh, that we become St. Francis of Assisi and, and, and live poor. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying here is, what is the thing that is between you and God? What is the thing that always comes? What is that, uh, what is that thing that so easily takes you away from the voice of the Lord? What is that thing that takes you away from who he is in your life? Come away from that and come to him. Uh, people ask me all the time, or they tell me all the time, you need to go after God, or you need to you need to seek God about what you're supposed to go after. And and I have, and the Lord only keeps telling me, come after me, come after me, come away with me. Come to me is what He says. It's just really awesome. Anyway, um, He says, I have come as you ask to draw you to my heart. God's not asking you to draw. He's not calling you to draw you to anything. He is drawing you to his heart. He is drawing you to his heart. And, 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 and it's something that you have to, have, to, have to see and you have to recognize. He is drawing you to his heart. He's not drawing you to, to a religious activity. He's drawing you to his heart. And that's where we have to be. He is drawing you to his heart. Get to know him. Remember, the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. You have to come into him. And I always go back to this 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 phrase that a friend of mine in Malawi, um, uh, to, to Neil, who's been there for almost four years now, in, in Malawi, building a school and all. She she said that when she was 11, she asked Jesus to come into her heart. When she was 31, she asked Jesus if she could come into his heart. Okay, and and we have to no, differentiate because when you are in Christ, different life is totally different. It's one thing to have Jesus living in you; it's another thing for you to live in Him. Jesus, you're good, and He says, "For now is the time, my beautiful one." So, you know, remember we talked about before about 
God needs to give you a, um, you know, he, he needs to give you that, that, um, that moment to be ready. And then he also, then there is the time. I, I think of uh, a couple or a girl or a man that's praying for a wife or a husband. Um, the, the woman's praying for a husband and, and, um, and she's like, Lord, give me a husband. And then, so God first will be, okay, are you ready? So he brings her husband, you know, who's walking toward her, and then she's distracted by something else. She's not ready. She's not ready. Because she is not paying attention to him when he comes. Same thing with a guy. Guy could be praying for a wife, and then when she then when she starts coming to him, he's he's distracted by some other girl. Or he's distracted by this other person that that he thinks is going to please him. And vice versa. It works for both genders. So you have to see here that there is a uh, th there is something that you have to do. God is waiting till you're ready. Because as as your spouse, your future spouse is walking past you, and you're not ready, he's going to keep walking. Sometimes they're delaying. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of times it's that we're distracted and we don't get to see it because we're not ready for it. So when God says, get ready for revival, stop praying for revival, prepare for revival, get ready for it. It means that you have to find out what it is that you have to get ready for. What is it that you have to do to be ready for revival? What is that thing? I don't know. It's Maybe it's different for you than it is for me. One of the things I believe that is for all of us is that we seek the face of the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm uh, 27, 8, and I quote this a lot. It's one of my favorite verses. Um, it says that the Lord said, seek my face. And my soul cried out, your face, Lord, I will seek. You have to start seeking him, seeking his face, going after who he is, going after him, go after him. Seek him. He says in Isaiah, I think it's 54, he says, seek the Lord while he is approachable. He's calling to you. Seek him. That's the big thing. And then he says, seek first. Let your primarily, primary diligent search be the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Okay? He says, he says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. Hebrews 11.4. The previous verse, seek first the kingdom, is Matthew 6.33. But he says, he says, he says here, in uh, Hebrews 11.6, he says, without faith, it's impossible. And I looked up that word impossible. It's impossible. Can't be done. It's impossible to please him. For you must believe that he is. You must have faith that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You're coming after him. You're going after him. And it doesn't mean hiding, you know, it doesn't mean seeking like, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Complacent, complacently. Or just, you know, you're just, yeah, I'm all I'm looking for God. That's not what it means to go after him. Go after who he is. Try to be like him. You know, and I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about living for him. You are his workmanship. You are his poetry created in Christ created in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But you are his workmanship, created in Christ under good works. 
You're not saved by works, but you're saved by grace. But you bring God glory by doing good works. Whatever you do in word or deed, he says, do it all for the glory of God. This is some good stuff. It's taken a while to get through that, but it's okay. Um, <clears throat> he says, now is the time, my beautiful one. Now is the time. You know, um, on my website, I, I did a little uh, blog. Um, I did a little blog about um, uh, the four seasons, the seasons of your life, knowing your season and working in it. For example, when it's wintertime, you don't plant. You know, you don't plant. You don't plant crops in the winter. You you fix your equipment. In the springtime, you plow the field and turn the ground and aerate the ground. And then you plant your seeds in spring. But you don't reap a harvest in spring. You reap a harvest in the fall. You don't reap a harvest during the gestation period, summer. For now is the time, my beautiful one. He's going to draw us to his heart and he's going to lead us out. Well, we're going to stop there. I'll pick up uh, with verse 11 uh, tomorrow. It seems like we get a verse and then that's it. But um, this is so important for us to understand that God is calling us away. He's calling us to come away, not alone, but with him. Come away with him because he loves you. <clears throat> so once again, I invite you to go to my website, EncounteringGodMinistries.org. Um, there's a link there where you can buy this book off of Amazon. Uh, and then um, also you can go to BarnesandNoble.com, get the book. It's called SOS, A 50-Day Journey into the Heart of God, written by Tom and Sarah. I know I'm not going by uh, by my middle name anymore, but it's okay. And uh, and so you, you got Tom and Sarah, and you just go and get it. And it'll take your heart if you go through this book and if you apply all the principles in this book and really seek the face of God and it really interact. It's an interactive devotional. It's very short. It's geared for five, ten minute, uh, time, five or ten minutes a day for 50 days to, to really, and, and you can keep doing it. You do it again and again. And, uh, and God does and you, you can journal it. There's a place to put your journal notes in there. I don't know if you can see it. Let's see, you can put your journal notes in there and, um, and, and God <clears throat> does great, great, great things in you. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is wooing you. The Holy Spirit is awakening you today. So anyway, get the book. $10 if you get it from me, Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com. And, and I'll tell you how to be able to get the book and we'll mail it out to you. Hey, Loretta. And um, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. And, um, and, and go get it. And, um, you know, and then so we can mail it out to you. Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com. I'll tell you how to pay for it. $10, uh, $10 donation or more. And you can get the book or go to my website and, uh, or go to Amazon and you can get it as well. Well, God bless you. God is doing some great things. And, and I really feel, and I really want you to join me today at noontime, uh, when Jessica Gilstrip from, from, um, uh, Jesus Culture will be with me. Uh, she's the Connect pastor there. We're going to talk about uh, something. She's one of the Connect leaders uh, for Jesus Culture down in Sacramento or Folsom. And um, and so uh, she's a good friend. And I just really wanted to to bless her. Um, 
Thank you, honey. Can't wait till your book comes out, too. That's going to be great. Loretta, we had a great time on Saturday, too. Um, yeah, so just join us at noontime. Jennifer, Jessica is really, really a powerful woman. Uh, like I said, she's a really, really good friend. And um, it's just like, it's just like, it's time. It's just time to release what God is doing and what God is, 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 is caring for uh, at this moment and, and what she has to, to walk us through, um, walk us through the next month or so, the next couple months uh, until the church rises up and be who she is in the midst of all this stuff, right? So um, I heard somebody say this, that uh, in every other city, it's called COVID or, or, uh, or the coronavirus or whatever. In, uh, in the South, it's just called this thing that's going on. <laughs> My friend from Alabama said that. Um, you know, so uh, so this thing that's going on, we want to be able to walk through it. We want to be able to hear the voice of God in it. And, uh, and the other thing was that Jessica did, and I'm going to brag on her a little bit. Uh, she initiated this this thing called, um, I love you too, Jason. Um, the, this other thing that she did was like uh, reading the Bible through in a month. It's like you read 40, 40 days. Uh, it takes 40 days, you read 40 or 30 days, and you read 40 chapters a day, and you'll get through the Bible. Um, <laughs> this thing that is here is coming to a close. That's right. <laughs> this thing that is is coming to a close. Amen. Uh, yeah, I don't know about your city, but but Reading is uh, has a few restaurants that are opening up now. Um, I know down in uh, San Diego, um, they're tightening it up a little bit only because of the, and we need to pray for San Diego, L.A., uh, because uh, the, there is an increase, a supposed increase, of um, of this thing that's going on, and um, and and we want to be able to stop this thing. We need the church to rise up by the power of the blood of Jesus, and 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 put a stop to this thing. I remember, um, I know this is getting long, and I'm sharing, but I remember John G. Lake, um, in Romans chapter eight, verse two, he said, uh, "It says this that this that the law." of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And that's what he went with, that he knows that the, the, the law of the spirit of life and people love to, to be ruled. They love laws. They, the people just love the law, right? So let the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set you free from the law of sin and death and sickness and disease is part of the law of sin and death. So John G. Lake put this plague on his hands and, and they looked at it under a microscope from different, um, from different times, like an, like a uh, somebody who has a disease, they took some of his um, his DNA and put it on his hand, and the thing would die under the microscope. They took it from dead uh, dead bodies that were still spreading the plague. They took it from rats that were spreading the plague, um, and they put it on his hand, and it died under the microscope. And we have that same ability. We don't walk in fear; we walk in faith, but we walk in wisdom as well. Um, so I'm not telling everybody to go out. What I'm telling everybody to do is just to is just to know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And and really, you know, I'm not a political guy, so don't expect a lot of political stuff. However, uh, having said that, I will say this, that um, it's really tough to find out the truth when there's so much bombardment of, of the false and, and, and intermingled with some truth in it. Um, I have a couple people that I know that have passed away because of the virus, but... I also know this, there are people that, have, that I know that have recovered from having the virus, whether it was the flu or corona, we don't know. 
Um, I had a friend that died of cancer down in Florida. I had a friend that died of cancer, um, and they put on his uh, death certificate. I found out they put his uh, um, was in Florida, someplace on the East Coast. I don't remember where it was, but then they they put on his death certificate that he died of Corona. So what what are what are the true numbers? We don't know. All we know is that God is bigger, God is stronger, and the blood of Jesus was enough to break this thing. So anyway, God bless you guys, and uh, and uh, come join me again at noontime, and, uh, and you'll get to hear uh, Jessica, her testimony, and some words of encouragement. Well, God bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll talk to you later.